So my name is Connor Mullen. I'm here with Felix uh, Duong and Leah Trousey. And our topic is um, how the Syracuse school system is trying to fight inequality. Um, first off, we got to define what inequality is. And um, inequality in the ed educational system is the unequal distribution of academic resources, such as school funding, qualified and experienced teachers, books and technologies to socially exclude um, excluded communities. Um, these communities tend to be historically disadvantaged and oppressed. And Syracuse is a prime example um, of a community that that has been segregated and oppressed. Um, the huge the huge issue with Syracuse with the Syracuse school system is that um, it's the most segregated uh, district in in the country. Um, a large portion of the students live in poverty. Um, according to Syracuse.com, um, forty six percent of students living in the district uh, live in poverty. So. Um, other bordering districts have a much lower poverty rate, uh, giving them a comparative advantage over the Syracuse City District um, with regard to um, social mobility and, and other issues like that. Um, a huge issue at hand is that the general public believes that one's merit will make them successful in life. The reality is, is that um, it matters a lot about where you're from and the circumstances you're born into. Um, and this relates to an article I read in my American school class called The Meritocracy Myth. And this uh, article discusses the gap between how people think of the American dream and how the system actually work, uh, actually works. So they argue, um, the um, authors argue that there's a myth that the system distributes resources like wealth and income according to the merits of individuals. Um, within the school uh, system, that's uh, definitely not how it works. So um, I'm going to open it up to some questions now. Um, and the first question I have for Leah and Felix is, what do you think about the educational system and how it operates in Syracuse and uh, the greater upstate New York area? Yeah. Um, so according to uh, an article uh, published by the Syracuse University uh, Educational System uh, Department, um, they're saying that the inequality uh, rates in the New York uh, state system are actually increasing um, and are continuing to grow. Um, and so our interview with Professor Gardner uh, in the educational department here at Colgate uh, said that a lot of the reasons for why um, there's you know this growing inequality uh, and the lack of you know resources that are going into these schools um, is due to the compartmentalizing uh, of these of the New York, uh, New York districts. Um, and this is problematic because um, this districts, um, they're actually spread into 750 districts, uh, which is extremely isolating for certain populations that live in, you know, the upstate New York area. Um, the larger number of districts leads to a larger spread of these resources and money, which means that, you know, each individual school will retain and uh, have access to less funding than they used to have before with lesser districts. Um, uh, studies show that suburbs outside of Syracuse use much more resources um, and the difference between those are much visible, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, so in terms of uh, Manlius and, uh, and so suburbs outside of Syracuse have much more resources uh, than those in uh, the Syracuse uh, city system. And these differences are way more visible. Um, funding from states uh, varies and it isn't static for, the, for these schools. And so there's a certain amount of wait period uh, that schools require to know how much funding they receive. Um, so in, in many cases, uh, schools will actually get less money than they were initially estimated to receive, um, which has a lot of, uh, you know, negative effects on um, on how much the school can spend and use upon its students. Um, and there's also a high turnover rate for the administration and the principals of those administrations, which means that they each have 
a lot less time in order to make the changes um, that they see fit for you know bettering the, the school system. On that, Leah, what do you think about the upstate educational system and how it operates in Syracuse and upstate? Yeah, so our interview with the CFO of Syracuse um, was actually quite interesting and eye-opening. Um, Ms. Slack described how she believed that Syracuse has one of the best educational programs in New York State, and she advocated for the fact that Syracuse gives more opportunities to kids and parents to actually choose what they want to do with their education. Um, so when kids are in eighth grade, they have exposure to career fairs to see if a certain field sparks their interest. Um, also, Syracuse has bilingual schools and Latin schools, which offer public education opportunities, unlike the fancier suburbs um, where you could go to one school. Um, Slack said that people believe Syracuse is a bad school system because the only thing you see is abysmal test scores, but she was saying how the test scores don't actually show how students make significant improvements or tell the story of how much work has gone into the program. Um, what I see from this is that Slack was trying to make excuses for their low test scores. Um, the test scores are, are standardized scores that allow people to compare students on a standardized level. So despite the improvement that students may have made, the scores are still well below the New York State average of threes and fours on elementary math and English tests. Um, according to an article I read, only 10.9% of Syracuse students were proficient on reading tests, while 10.4% were proficient in math, which is relatively low. Um, another thing SLAP was priding Syracuse on was their bilingual and Latin schools, and while these schools may make students with English as their second language more comfortable, it promotes inequality even more. Um, students will be segregated with students of non-American descent separated from the rest of the district. Um, and the article also describes how Syracuse is now number one in the nation um, in terms of the percentage of black and Hispanic families living in high poverty neighborhoods. So further, he goes on to explain how poverty can be overcome, but when students are living in these severe poverty conditions in segregated communities with poor health care and housing, such as Syracuse, it makes it the work for teachers um, all the more challenging. Yeah, it's interesting to see the um, the disparity of what the CFO is saying about how um, the school district is improving when clearly um, there's still there's still lack in that. Yeah, so Connor, what does the inequality look like among these upstate New York schools in general? Um, according to um, a Syracuse uh, University article, um, the funding gap between the richest central New York schools and the Syracuse school district is a little over um, 11,000 per student, which is just, um, you know, that's that gap is way too big. And, and that has in part to do with um, the current governor, um, Governor Andrew Cuomo, um, and how he's done an inadequate job of um, distributing educational funds throughout the districts uh, all over New York. Um, since he took office, uh, the funding gap between uh, between Central New York schools and the Syracuse school district has actually increased by $1,700 per student. Governor Andrew Cuomo has done an inadequate job with distributing educational funds throughout the districts um, in New York. So since he took office, the, the funding gap has grown by $1,700 per student, which is just ridiculous. And um, this has kind of led to um, uh, high-performing students to leave districts um, that are doing poorly with their education system in search of a uh, better education um, district. So... Um, there's also, in terms of inequality, there's a prevalence of predominantly white individuals entering leadership programs and roles um, within the administration. Um, and so that has led to some inequality and kind of racial issues. Um, and moreover, there, um, there are a few incentives um, to leave teaching roles, to take administrative roles, because of the risks that come along with it, an administrative role. Being an administrator involves... Um, being uh, reviewed every year and you are gained employment based on those reviews on a yearly uh, basis. And so teachers who have a secure job and have been teaching for 20 years don't want to take a more risky role in, in, um, in the school district and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so building off of that, 
Um, Professor Gardner uh, that I interviewed talked about how she noticed that there's a big disparity um, between access of resources in Fiveville Manlius, which is a school system that is right outside the border of Syracuse. Um, and she talked about how there are way more opportunities for students um, at a school like Fiveville um, than compared to those in the Syracuse public school system. Um, and for example, uh, they have planetariums, they have animals, and an increased uh, number of ex extracurricular activities and opportunities uh, for their students, and they even have um, facilities such as uh, a pool as well. Um, and high-performing students uh, also leave the areas that they're from, such as you know, Syracuse City, and even um, here, the public schools in Hamilton, um, to pursue educational opportunities elsewhere, and consequentially, you know, uh, careers um, in other places as well, which doesn't bring any welfare back to the you know, news article that I read uh, from Syracuse.com, uh, highlighted kind of the hyper-segregation between um, Syracuse and the Onondaga uh, County, um, and it is actually the most segregated, uh, or one of the most segregated uh, school districts or school systems um, in the United States. Uh, and this is because race is highly associated with where um, the, the student happens to live. Uh, and there has been um, our central New York fair housing uh, policy reforms that are calling for landlords to uh, start accepting Section 8 payments to actually desegregate the area and thus also allow accessibility of minority children to go to better school systems. Gardner goes on um, in the interview talking about how inequality is an extremely complex issue that educators in the, uh, the system wrestle with every day. Um, she says that the schools need to unravel the factors that actually lead to children needing more support instead of just labeling uh, those students. Um, and there's a large number of districts in New York, uh, which leads to a larger spread of resources and money um, and suburbs outside of, the, of Syracuse has more resources, as we talked about before, uh, in the comparison between um, Fiveville and Manlius. Uh, there's also a high turnover rate um, for administration and principals, so there are less time for them to make changes, uh, as well as the special earmarked funds um, for special needs students that it may actually be detrimental um, due to the isolation that results. Um, from the special labeling of these special needs students. Um, going off of that, in our interview with Miss um, Slack, she was talking about how the inequality particularly comes from the school of choice that is in the Syracuse School District. Um, they actually were priding themselves on their schools of choice, where students can choose between going to um, a special school for a, if they have a language barrier, or a special school if for different ethnicities, or a special school for special needs students. And while this is a great thing that they have these opportunities for students to pick the school they want to go to, it actually unintentionally promotes the segregation and the inequality because the different schools will get different funding according to the actual needs of the students that go to these schools. And additionally, it separates the students from each other. Um, all the schools, typically, if you're in a school of choice, you're choosing it because of a certain condition or a certain ethnicity you may have, and that unintentionally promotes Syracuse as it divides um, different types of students among the district. Is What are the visions that Professor Gardner and Slack has uh, for change within the public school system, and do you think that these visions are possible? Um, so, in, with regard to Professor Gardner's vision, um, 
she thinks that uh, you know there's a there's an issue with uh, race for the top. Obama gave money to districts to get money, and schools had to buy uh, to buy into that by doing teacher evaluations, and this made teachers dependent on standardized scoring uh, of students. And so um, this kind of sold out the teacher force to get money um, for very little returns. Um, she also said that um, teachers should. Um, be considered scholars um, and allow for more agency in how they teach and about and uh, in, in an evaluation system that protects teachers in, as scholars and um, and not be bogged down by having to teach to standardized test. Um, schools should hire teachers who understand the nuances of the education system and of the environment locally. And so um, Nowadays, you know, teachers are considered practitioners and anti-intellectual in that they're just carrying out an agenda and course requirements. And so this decreases the, the way in which um, teachers can have flexibility in, in, in the courses that they teach. Um, also, there's a systematic um, way of, of evaluation that protects teachers. So there needs to be a system of evaluation that protects teachers and to view them as legitimate scholars and allow teachers to do what they want. Um, and so one of the big issues is that um, school districts need to start hiring people who understand the nuances of the educational system. Um, something that Slack was saying that she would like to see is that um, she wants to get rid of charter schools. Um, charter schools increase the inequality in Syracuse because they don't need to take everyone that comes to the doorstep. Um, if they get children that become a problem, such as students with special needs, behavioral problems, or a language barrier, they kick them out. This forces the students that need the most attention to be pushed to the public schools, which creates even more of an issue for public schools regarding helping these students. Um, additionally, charter schools milk the system because even if they kick students out of their schools, the Syracuse school districts are still required to pay tuition for that student the whole semester. Um, the increasing popularity of charter schools can be seen as a negative externality because they cause a divide in the school district as they crowd out the funding allocated to public schools, weaken the overall quality of the Syracuse public schools while simultaneously creating a divide between well-off students and those with significantly more needs. In my opinion, I don't see this vision as a possibility considering there are five charter schools in Syracuse and currently 8% of students attend with projected 12 to 13% in the next five years. Um, so I think it would be a very unrealistic vision to have charter schools be completely outlawed. Um, additionally, Slack was saying that she wanted an IEP for all students, um, not just special needs. So she wants to have everyone weighted based on their needs despite whether or not they have special needs or not. And I do believe that this is a great idea and concept, but in practice, I don't see it as actually happening because the funding that would be needed to accommodate students for every single type of need would be wild and it's just not a possibility. But while all provisions are very positive changes to the Syracuse School District, um, I think they're very unrealistic. All right, um, well, thank you for listening to our podcast about the Central New York and Syracuse uh, educational system inequality. 